We are back underway, and Craig is back from the sunny south. Look at that tan. He looks like Scotty Hamilton. Is that who it is, Scotty Hamilton? Scotty Hamilton was a figure skater. George Hamilton, I think, or thinking you know, of the actor that I mean, he used to put toothpicks. They said they said they used to, he, they they said he used to put toothpicks between his toes so he could tan evenly all the way through. So there was no white <laughs> in the toes. That's serious tanning. You know what? It was a good time. If you ever want to go to Cabo, I can give you lots of good recommendations. How's the food? It was good. Oh, the food was good. Do you like guacamole? I love guacamole. Well, I'll tell you what, guacamole. I, I love guacamole too. It was amazing. But yeah, it was just good. Like the food was great. And, you know, the uh, I've never been. It was a place that, you know, uh, is, it's got lots of different uh, offerings depending on what you want. You know, out on the water, on the beach, you can bike, you can, you can fish. No matter what you want to do, you, there, there's lots of it for everybody. So it was a, it was a lot of fun. It was, a, it was a nice break. It was a nice break, Steve. I'm telling you. You should go, you and Diane, and take the girls, because I think that's what we're doing in the new year. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you know what? I'll consider it when the season's over, because I had a couple of, uh, you know, rendezvous in Nashville and Greece. So you were at a place that was extremely hot that gave you options. That's a beautiful segue to three teams that are extremely hot, and their coaches have options in any order, Boston, New Jersey, and Vegas. What do we know? Because you're not a turkey time, a U.S. Thanksgiving evaluator. You don't care. We're, you're going to evaluate all the time, and you don't think you need to be somewhere by turkey day to say, oh, now I think that team is going to make the playoffs. Those three teams are all in the playoffs, Craig. Are you checking that box? How many of them win their respective divisions? Uh, you know what? If I, I'm going to say right now, all three, Boston and the Atlantic. New Jersey in the Metropolitan and Vegas in the Pacific, because, you know, you, you look at where Vegas is at. I mean, just a phenomenal record uh, before losing an overtime. We'll, we'll get to that great 97 play, <laughs> you know, I mean, he's so phenomenal, but how they play and, and, and the methodology in which they're going about their play to get these wins and their success it, it is what winning hockey is all about. It's exactly what winning hockey is all about. I mean, Logan Thompson, is he not the leading candidate for rookie of the year right now? I mean, he's won. I mean, Jake Sanderson's playing pretty darn good up in Ottawa, but I would say that, you know, when I look at everything that matters in winning, those three teams are doing all of it at, 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 at a high elite level. So I don't, I, I don't just sit here and go, okay, you're 18 games in, you're 20 games in it's American. Oh, they're going to fall off. No, I, I, I don't see any fall off because their game is, is rooted in, in, in strong fundamentals, strong fundamentals, offensively and defensively. The defense has almost been intact for every game. I mean, Kevin Ball's had a couple of games. Up front, Alexander Holt started the year, and Lindy Ruff said, no, no, no. Uh, and I think on Twitter I said something about Ale or, uh, Jonas Siegenthaler, and you said you've always liked Jonas Siegenthaler. Uh, uh, Brendan Smith was, you know, kind of the seventh defenseman or a winger on the New York Rangers. Remember that? I yeah. thought his play, if you and I were on television on, what was it, Thursday, Leafs score on the power play. Devils get the puck in. Hall rims the puck to Dennis Malgin. You know who's there? Brendan Smith is right down the wall playing Lindy Ruff hockey. Who's backing up the pinch? Jesper Bratt. Puck comes to the other boards. Who gets it? Eric Halla. 
The Leafs don't see the backdoor play, and who scores? Jesper Bratt. If you want to know a little microcosm of the Devils coming in, and th- these six guys have played very well together, and you said in that tweet that you've always liked Siegenthaler, I got to think that there's like 40% of people around the NHL that don't remember this guy or don't understand how good the De- – like you mentioned John Marino first uh, with Ryan Greaves. We know how good Dougie Hamilton is. They don't need great goaltending if they've got a if they if Ottawa had this six man unit they wouldn't be two eight and one Ottawa in their last eleven games, Craig. Yeah, you nailed it. You absolutely nailed it because Ottawa Senators. I mean, they had lots of good forwards. They scored last year. Their defense wasn't very good, and and it still isn't very good. And that's why they're losing. So when you when you look at the Ottawa Senators and the woes that they have, it's because they don't have a, a good enough group. Listen, I'm lucky, Steve. I get out and scout. I watched Jonas Siegenthaler play since he was 15. He was such an advanced player in Switzerland, and he was always playing up levels. I mean, he was a second-round draft pick to the Washington Capitals. The Washington Capitals should be asking themselves why they let him go, right? But you look at that defense. Like, Brendan Smith is the smallest defenseman there. Like, I mean, think about it. And Lindy Ruff Hockey. This team, the way the Devils play, remind me so much of his good teams, his good, strong teams in Buffalo. They're quick, they're fast, but they use that speed in a cohesive manner. You're right. The, this is how you play. This is how you, but the goaltender has been really good. Vitek Vanacek has been really, really good. And they didn't have stable goaltending last year. I mean, all the injuries they had and everything. And, you know, I've always said this about Mackenzie Blackwood, capable goaltender, unreliable. And I don't want unreliable goaltending. You know what? Scotty Bowman said many years ago, I'd rather have average goaltending than up and down goaltending. Because with average goaltending, I know exactly what I'm getting. Up and down goaltending, I never know what I'm getting. And and Akira Schmid has gone in and he's he's hasn't been up and down. He's he's been more reliable than Mackenzie Blackwood. And this stuff about Jonathan Bernier, maybe the devils move off Blackwood moving forward. It gives them options. Who knows? Um, I just think the way they're relentless up front, like relentless. You know, you watch them. And then you need, you know, proof. And you look at your sports logic numbers or the other numbers. When you get the most chances in the slot and give up the fewest, when you get the most chances overall and give up the fewest, when you get the most shots on goal and give up the fewest, then you say, well, who else is in Who else is in your group about giving up the fewest shots? Oh, Boston, Vegas, Seattle. Like Seattle now is getting a save to go with what they've been able to do. You find it very, very interesting Maybe for me, I'm just being stubborn. I'm just being stubborn. Yes, I can see the Bruins winning the division. Yes, I can see Vegas winning a division that maybe is not as good as we thought, the Pacific, because, you know, middling or a little bit underwhelming, we could argue at times are the Alberta teams, not individual players. And for the Devils, I just say, I want to see them play the Rangers. Maybe the Rangers need to play the Devils to wake up a little bit. You know, they got a, they got a little lucky against San Jose. That game should have gone overtime, for gosh sakes. Um, and, and and Carolina. I, maybe I need to see the Devils against those teams. I'm not so sure. But you can only play the teams on your schedule. And the Devils are beating up the bad teams. And look at the record against the good teams. They've beaten Toronto, Calgary twice, Edmonton, the New York Islanders. So, you know what? It'll be a busy week for the Devils. It's fun. Am I ready to say that they're going to win the division? I just am too stubborn, Craig, to say that. But if I could redo my playoff fix, listen – the Capitals, too many issues to get in. I don't know where you are in the Penguins. The Islanders are much better, but are they better enough? At least we're going to see a changing of the guard in the Metro. I hope we at least see a little bit of a changing of the guard. 
Well, I mean, I think we will. And, you know, you talk about, you, you know, you talk about shots and, and it's slot shots. I'll tell you about empty calories. Last week, Thursday, the Calgary Flames went into Tampa Bay and they had a whole bunch of empty calories. You know what? They were drinking water. You know, they had this nice bar and they were serving like top end cocktails. But the the Flames said, no, nah, we don't want any calories. So we're going to just drink water. 40 shots. They didn't have any quality shots. They didn't have inner slot shots. They didn't have slot shots. Don't get confused by shot attempts and 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 uh, and and shots on goal. You better get to the inner slot and slot. Three out of every four goals are scored from that area. If you don't get to that area to score, you're not going to score. And if you don't defend that area, you're going to be weak defensively. The Winnipeg Jets have improved in that area in a in a real significant manner, and so. Just look at the slot battle. Look at the slot and the inner slot battle. That's where it's won. So let's go back to New Jersey. We talk about that big blue line, those big blue liners, right? Good luck. Good luck getting into the slot against those guys. Good luck. <laughs> Good luck. It's a battle. It's trench warfare. You think you're going to just get in there and take advantage of the New Jersey Devils? You're not. And, you know, you you think about the way the game is played. And the, the the understanding that teams have and players of where they have to defend to 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 not let goals in and where they have to attack to allow to to get goals, it's very, it's it, it's really clear, Steve. Like, you know, how many times do you watch football and hear the line of scrimmage is where the game is won and lost, and it's never going to change. And the line of scrimmage in hockey is the slot and inner slot. Yeah, in that game, in that night that had 14 games, the Calgary Flames had the fewest of those shots among – that's 28 teams in the sample size. 28 teams. The team with the second fewest that night was Toronto at home against the Devils. So think about that as an example. As you, and to me, it's almost the score matters, and then let's count those shots, both teams. And in one game, the total was 17-17. Jets and Ducks, which meant it was an even game, ended up being a 3-2 final. And the Capitals that night led everyone in those opportunities and had 22. And the Blues still found a way to win, which says something about Grice and everything else. So when you find a way to win like that, you're lucky. But I, I like that. And that, that number to me means so much and because it's not hidden. It's not we're up four one late in the game and we're going to give you the shot from the blue line, everything else. And, and I find it so fascinating and interesting because the season's been so fascinating and interesting and we can't stop looking at certain moments that we've had um, over the course of the year. What else stands out to you as we approach Thanksgiving? Because right now I love, you know, the unexpected we've had some, uh, we've had some expected that we'll get to in a moment, but the unexpected has been fun as well. Okay, I'm going to get to three in a minute, but I just want to touch on what you just said. You know, you've you've heard the term score effect, right? Like when you hear the teams down by it. But like score effect doesn't mean anything with shots on goal. If teams are giving up, teams will be happy to give up shots from outside the slot area, right? If it, if we want to really say score effect and say, well, you know what, like, you know, they got some inner slot shots or slot shots. But, but, but we probably wouldn't be saying score effect <laughs> if they were getting – you know, inner slot and slot shots. So keep in mind too, when you hear the term, oh, well, score effect, because teams don't care. They don't care about giving up 
empty calorie shots. They don't care. I don't care if they, how many times. And 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 I really think in broadcast, we all have to be aware of it and, and start changing. Oh, boy, shots are 18 to 4. Yeah, and the slot shot battle is 2-2. Two, two. <laughs> right. It just like, you know, we need to get that data better in there. Right. And, you know, there's no better, there's no better data, hockey data analytics company than sport logic. Nobody, nobody comes close to, to what they do on a game in game out basis. Now my three, my three, I don't know where to start, but why not start with the best Sidney Crosby. If there's a fall off in his game, just tell me where it is. Tell me where it is. I mean, a four-point game on Sunday again. I mean, he's up to 27 points right up there near the top of the score. I mean, like, tell me, please, just like the guy, does he have Does he have an age meter? I mean, he's 35 years of age. He's still brilliant. Unbelievable. EK65 out in San Jose. I mean, controlling the game like nobody's business. And I mentioned them uh, when we talk about players that are under the radar and nobody's paying attention. Jamie Ben, the captain of the Dallas Stars. Wow. You talk about, I mean, obviously EK65 and Crosby are Hall of Famers. Jamie Ben, he's had a resurgence. Peter DeBoer, what a great job he's done with that Dallas Stars team. And Rick Bonus in Winnipeg. Let's not forget, some changes have worked out really well. Well, when I look at Jamie Ben and his basically 20 points as a third-line left winger. You thought, ah, they're going to play him with the kids. Big contract. Sagan's back and healthy, and they got arguably the best line in hockey. Jamie Benn's game, back to almost, almost, you know, peak, back to normal, is a game-changer in the Central. It's a game-changer. And and when you've got the goaltending, and maybe you can add one more player on the blue line to, you know, make up what you lost in free agency, although they kind of did that with Nils Lundqvist anyway. Um, I mean, you go to yourself, wow. I mean, it's it's fun. Like, watching this Dallas team is is fun. And what happens at the deadline, remember, sets teams up for the future. But when I watch the Jets, these are not the Jets of yesteryear who can't defend. And when I watch Florida, I see the Jets – in them and that's just me i'm just telling you that because it's not been a good start to the year for florida and it's not just bobrovsky's fault like i know sergey didn't deliver a save against columbus because the shots were 30 to 15 the shots are 30 to 15 for florida yeah but there was a deflection i'm not going to blame bobrovsky on there was a backdoor play there was a breakaway right mark Stahl, you know sent chinikov in all alone and we can argue about some goals that we didn't like but Florida's playing just good enough to lose, you know? And I'm seeing some sloppiness or looseness that I'm not seeing in Dallas and I'm not seeing in Winnipeg. Like, they lost to Sidney Crosby, but the Jets played a good game and good for good for Tristan Jari. So right now, I don't believe in faucet hockey. Ah, we'll turn it on and turn it on. We want to score, we'll turn it on. The biggest thing about faucet hockey is you kind of better stay hot or at least warm on the defensive side of the puck, Craig. That this isn't the Oilers of the eighties where you can say, don't worry, Grant, we'll meet you in February and we'll, we'll play from there. <laughs> like I see what these teams do and I'm impressed because it's hard to play defense. Most of the league is averaging three goals a game. But I, when I see some of these teams, um, so you mentioned Ben, I'm with you on Ben. 
You mentioned Crosby, so he's on the leaderboard page right now. He's taking the Penguins up like a mother seawolf and said, no, nope, this has gone on long enough. Yeah. Let's go, <laughs> right? Let's go. Um, and on the other side, Patrick Kane scored his third goal of the year on Sunday. His third goal of the year. Huh. That's a, that's a little underwhelming for Mr. Patrick Kane. See his celebration? He's not happy with himself. I'll tell you that much. Yeah, he he's surrounded by so much skill in Chicago. I'm, I'm, he he might think of this as a career year. Did you see what Kevin Durant said when he said he wanted to be traded out of the Brooklyn Nets? He goes, "Look at who you're putting out on the floor. What do you expect from us? What do you expect from Patrick Kane? Honestly, like let's be serious here, okay? I mean, he loses." Dylan Strom, a really good playmaker. He loses to Brinkat. I mean, look, there's no skill around there in Chicago. I mean, we should be celebrating Patrick Kane sooner rather than later. So I know I know dollars in the salary cap, flat salary cap. He's going to end up somewhere, and he's going to be a really good player because he's going to go to a really good team, and he's going to be surrounded by skill, and we won't be having this conversation. <laughs> I do want to have an early kind of look at – availability of players for sexiness. We'll do that okay. after sports interaction. Uh, but you did mention three, and I don't think you glossed or meant to skip over one, is Connor McDavid. So after the okay. goal on Saturday, someone from Vegas sends out a tweet that basically says, you guys in the media, stop. I won't say what they said, Connor McDavid. And I said, if you are not enjoying and appreciating this, you're following the wrong sports and the wrong player. Because Bobby Clark's line that you said on this podcast before, the only reason Bobby Orr's in the NHL is because there's not a better league. <laughs> the only reason Connor McDavid is in the National Hockey League is because they haven't formed one in Sector 27 of the <laughs> left-right ventricle of the universe. But if they do, he will then pluck McDavid and he will go play with other McDavid's. And then when he gets sent down... Then he'll join us because that's what I saw. And you know what he said? Wasn't feeling it. Wasn't having a good game. Broke some sticks. Used some. If Connor McDavid's bad game is an overtime winner like that and two points, God help us when he has a Daryl Sittler moment. And to that person in Vegas, you know what I tell you? Go delete that tweet because it's not going to age well. Well, listen, he's the best player in the game. Like, there's no question about it. He's the best player in the game. He stands alone as the best player in the game. Every game he plays, there's something that magical potential with his play. We saw it. You know who he was out on the ice against, too? Chandler Stevenson, a great skater. Mark Stone, an outstanding defensive player. And Alex Petrangelo, an outstanding defenseman. They all looked like they were in a league way above their capabilities. That's what Connor made. Like he 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 wasn't out against the fifth defenseman and 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 poor players. He was out against good players, top players, and he made them look ordinary. That's what Connor McDavid does. That's what we forget. Every night, 97 gets circled on the opponent's whiteboard saying, hey, we better pay attention to this guy. Yep. I got a great story. I'm not going to tell it today i'm going to tell it on thursday al arbor wayne gretzky the great days back and it'll dovetail with Connor mcdavid but ah the hell with it i'm telling it right now <laughs> this is what Connor mcdavid does he was like gretzky got 
almost 3,000 points. He played against the other team's best players. They didn't send out the scrubs against him. I don't know if it was 82 or 83. The, the, the Oilers hadn't won the Stanley Cup yet. The Islanders were right on their run of winning. And they go into Edmonton. And after the first period, you know, Gretzky has like, I think he has three or four points. Islanders are down. Al Arbor comes into the dressing room and he says, there's 16,900 people in this building and they're all waiting for 99 to come out on the ice. And when he does come out on the ice, they get on the edge of their seat because something magical, something brilliant could happen. And he said, he doesn't come out wearing a disguise. He always comes out at the same time, you know, 99 on the back. It says Gretzky right across the back of his jersey. And he says, and there was only six people in the entire building that didn't know when he was coming out on the ice. You six defensemen. <laughs> Potvin, Morrow, all those great players. And, and that story has been corroborated by a number of those guys, right? Like, that's Connor McDavid. He's coming out on the ice. You don't think Mark Stone and Alex Petrangelo and Chandler Stevenson don't know he's out there? They know. He's too good. He's the best player on the planet and the universe. All right, time now for KB on Ice and Inside. Look at the NHL brought to you by our friends at Sports Interaction. Sports Interaction is Canada's sports book. Please gamble responsibly. What do you got heading into Turkey Day? I was 2-1 and one the Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Missed out on the Canucks at home on Friday. That's okay. Monday, I am taking the Stars over the Avs in Dallas. Big D. Jamie Benn. Nobody's talking about Jamie Benn. He's having a resurgence in his career. Tuesday. I am going with the 2014 Stanley Cup Redux. I'm taking the Rangers on the road versus the Kings in the crypto arena. Yeah, that crypto isn't going very good, is it? And then on Wednesday, the Devils beat the Leafs in New Jersey. Mitch Marner's point streak comes to an end. Wow. Well, none of our games clash this week because Monday I've got Edmonton over New Jersey to end the Devils winning streak. Tuesday, Buffalo beats Montreal to end their losing skid. And with the puck line of at least a buck and a half, Ottawa plus the puck line beats Vegas in Vegas. Blind squirrels, Craig. Even a blind squirrel catches a nut. Craig doesn't like that. Too bad. We'll reconvene later in the week. Sports Interactions Canada Sportsbook. Log on to SIA.com forward slash cool button pod to sign up and deposit today. So much going on in the world of sports. Canada Sportsbook is Sports Interaction 19 plus. Please gamble responsibly. Players available. You mentioned Eric Carlson earlier, so I want to put him on our shelf here. Of the realism at 11.5 times four after this year moving forward. You mentioned Kane. I'll mention Taves, who's got eight goals so far. That's interesting. What happens in Vancouver? We have a Vancouver watch. Every time they play, I get nervous. If they lose, is, is Bruce Boudreaux, you know, the phrase, blank coach walking? I mean, those items are in play. I want to go to the human aspect first to remember, because you've dealt with these guys as kids and then as young adults and then as men and then in retirement, like a Sergei Zubov or a Darian Hatcher. So in the old days, what happened with Jonathan Huberdo and Alexei Barkov wouldn't have gone over well in warm-up when they kind of had an exchange and then Huberto, nice reception on the backhand pass, puts it into the net. You know, they had kind of a moment. The game was exciting. 
uh, Matthew Kachuk took a shot at Daryl, I thought, in the postgame comments. But it was a it was a feel-good moment. And I, I think if that's the 80s or maybe even your stars of the 90s, Ken Hitchcock would say, what are you doing? So I know times have changed. But that was a feel-good hockey moment, as was Alex Goligoski playing in game 1001. He was honored before the game with his family. His career is obviously on the 18th green. And he goes out there and in overtime scores. That was Sam Steele's best game of, the, of his life, by the way. <laughs> Sam Steele with a goal and assist. Sets up Goligoski. He scores and cries in the post-game interview in front of the fans at the bench. And you're going, people forget. It doesn't matter about the bank account. It doesn't matter about social media and everything else. They're just human. He knows it's almost over. You don't think Dean Everson wants to play his best line? He wants to win, but he didn't feel he could win. So he puts him in. Game 1,000. Then he scores that goal, and he's crying. I'm crying too, Craig. Like we cry at the Hall of Fame speeches about everybody and what they've done. I just thought that, you know, the Barkov Huberto thing might not have played in the good old younger button days. Um, but the Alex Golongoski thing, wow. Talk about pulling at the heartstrings. Yeah, it was wonderful. I I, I never could figure it. I mean, I, I know the league has changed. I mean, we heard back in the original six days, you know, teams would be the players would be on a corner of a street and if they were going they'd go to across the street around the other way i mean but you played you played each other 14 times right like i mean like you, you know there was an animosity that was built up so 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 it was understood and you know the the the, the situation with the players i mean the top players were in the league and then there was a, a doggy dog fight for for the rest of the spot so it was hard to be friendly and and everything and i get that but you know, the, the players compete against one another from young ages. I'm, I'm talking U10, U12, U14. They play on national teams together, right? So, you know, the, the, the fact of the matter is, is they are friends. They, they still compete hard. It was nice with Sasha Barkoff and Jonathan Huberto. They had great success there. You know, the, the Goligoski, think about it, Steve. A thousand games in National Hockey League, right? A thousand games, like not very many players have done that in the hit. So here's Alex, who's got a thousand. He's at home in Minnesota, and he gets recognized, and it does become emotional, probably for the fact that Alex recognizes more than anybody that his career is it, it, it is in is in the uh, the the sunset, and. When, when you get to that point, you start to appreciate things a little bit more, like scoring a winning goal in overtime, like playing and not taking it for granted. And, you know, the smell of the dressing room and being on the ice and the warm up and everything that goes with it. Right. Because when it ends for a player, it ends. There's no more morning skates. There's no more getting on the plane with your with your with your teammates and playing cards. There's no more dinners. There's no more laughing after a game uh, in, in the dressing room. It's all it's over. And, and players recognize that. So I think for Alex, uh, you, you know, a great moment in front of his uh, his family and friends and, and his home state. And, you know, it, it, we, we'd all like players to go out at the very top of their game. Well, if you're Jean Beliveau, you get to go out winning a Stanley Cup. <laughs> you know, how many athletes get to go out on their at the top of their game? Very few. Because what makes them great is they always think they have a better game. They always think they have a better year ahead of them. They always think that they can do what they once did. And I think that that's what that's what made them great. And I think that that's what's got to make us understand that when it does come to the twilight of their careers, 
that let's recognize what they did because what they did was pretty significant. It's not what they're doing right now at this point. And that nicely segues into older players, whether it's a Carlson who's still got gas in the tank. I wasn't so sure about Jonathan Taze, but for, for fair rightful reasons about his health issues and the year he had last year, not this year. Uh, and even though Vander, or Vander, even though Patrick Kane only has three goals, you know, you imagine him being, it's like a fire. I can't get the fire going. You imagine the fire that would burn if he's in Colorado or the Rangers. Then you got Bo Horvat, you know, we were going to have Ryan O'Reilly and Vladimir Tarasenko. Maybe we won't now with how the Blues have been feral streaking. Have you seen a team go three and eight, nine and six as well? Uh, unbelievable. So in terms of older players that still have something flickering in the fire, can you see Taves in Colorado and Kane maybe in New York? They could play each other in the Stanley Cup final. I've always felt Taze was a great fit in Colorado because I think Colorado needs a centerman. Taze can go in and play behind Nate McKinnon. I think it's perfect. JT Comfer, who's a real good player, can sit in that third hole. And I think Jonathan has shown that he's got game left. You're not asking Jonathan to do the same things that he once did. You're asking him to come in and be that player. The, the Colorado Avalanche don't need Patrick Kane. They don't need Patrick Kane. Just like the Florida Panthers didn't need Claude Giroux. They didn't need Claude Giroux last year, but they went and got him. How many? Just like the LA Kings didn't need Ben Bishop when they went and traded for him. You know, get the right players. Kane, Bo Horvat's an interesting one. I, I think Bo Horvat's time in Vancouver will come to an end. I think that Bo, you, you know, I, I, he, he's just sick and tired of the turmoil. But, but Bo's been a very successful player in his career. And you, you look at the way he skates, he would fit on so many teams. And for the Vancouver Canucks, like start recognizing where you're at. I've, how many times have you heard me say this, Steve, a good manager sees his team as it is not as he thought it might be, not as he wished it would be, not as he uh, hoped that it would be as it is. And the Vancouver Canucks and the Washington capitals, they're not going anywhere. They're not good enough to go anywhere. So understand where you're at, make your deals, make your deals, get going, get preparing for the future because you know, you, you you look at the problems that the Vancouver Canucks and the Washington Capitals have, they're not going away. The problems aren't going away. So, so it's up to Brian McClellan in Washington and Jim Rutherford in Vancouver. Fix your problems. Those problems don't get fixed by themselves. Do you think for Washington, before we wrap up here, because I've got the Canucks kind of on my uh, watch list for final thought, I, it just feels, you know, the next loss or two in a row that there's going to be that change that you suggested. If you're going to make it and you've already made it in your mind, then what are we waiting for? Like, I, I'm not sure what's going on there. I told you about the optics of being at the hall of fame. It feels like the Canucks, they've got pieces. They don't have a defense and it would be more, I think of a retool. I'm guessing the capitals are older. They've got Ovechkin who's not going anywhere. Are they going to wait for Oshie and Backstrom and Wilson and everyone to come back? They just signed Kemper. Like, are the Capitals too engaged in winning like the Penguins to go back? Like, I don't see the Capitals going backwards. Like, retooling's one thing, but what do they do now when they think that they're in no man's land? Aren't the Capitals sort of in no man's land, Craig? Well, I go back to last year. 
and they were up 2-1 in their playoff series versus the Florida Panthers. They had every opportunity to win that, that series. They had every opportunity. They, they were winning games. They were up in games. Game four, they were up in that game. They had every chance to put a, a good team would have beat the Florida Panthers because the Florida Panthers were completely vulnerable. And that really told me where the Washington Capitals were at. They, they weren't good enough to beat a, a vulnerable. Florida went and scored three goals in four games against the Tampa Bay Lightning in the next series. Like, they were vulnerable. And Washington, so like, I'm not telling the Washington Capitals to go burn it to the ground like the Chicago Blackhawks. What I'm saying is the reality of your situation is right now, you're not going to get it done. You just simply aren't going to get it done. So now what you got to do is understand what is available to us. What can we do to improve? Tommy Wilson's a good player. He's hurt he, until he comes back. Nicholas Backstrom, I don't know what the situation is with him and his hip. Who knows? There's still some good players there. Don't get me wrong. They signed Kemper. But you got to address, this isn't about, this isn't about saying, okay, we have, we got to, we got to start the rebuild. This is about, we're, we're not in a place where we want to be. We're not in a place that we can really feel confident about any chances to have success. So address it, whatever that means, address it. And that's all. And for the Vancouver Canucks, Steve, here's my rant of the day. You know what I think is one of the, not one, arguably one of the dumbest things in sport. Oh, if he doesn't win tonight, he could be out of a job. Like, if you've come to that point in time where it's coming down to winning or losing, you, you just said you've made up your mind on the coach. You've made up your mind. And, and and Jim Rutherford cannot convince me otherwise that he hasn't made up his mind on Bruce Boudreaux. And I keep saying, what are you waiting for? Just And, and it, it, I'm not sitting here saying that Jim Rutherford's wrong. And, and I love Bruce. Jim Rutherford's a Hockey Hall of Famer. We know what he's done in his career. Sometimes you just say, I need a different manager. I want a different manager and, and or a different coach. And that's what I need to do. So just do it. Because Jim cannot convince me in any way. Well, I guess he could convince me by giving Bruce a five-year contract. <laughs> but, you know, but he can't convince me that, 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 he, that, that he's comfortable with Bruce as his coach. He can't. There's nothing he can do to convince me other than that five-year contract. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I kind of want the Canucks to go on a devil's bender right now. Um, that would be really funny if the Canucks went on a devil's bender, but uh, I, we might be dreaming a little bit. Uh, remember, Bruce is the one who saved the uh, modern version of the franchise in his 57 games last year. Uh, my final thought is Jacob Chikrin. I don't know what's going on. I don't know if he can stay healthy. He's always had some injury issues going back to the OHL. Uh, he's better than most top four defensemen around the league. He's there. He's available. I don't know where he's going to end up, Craig, but I hope it happens uh, before Christmas. I hope it happens before Christmas, and we've got a nice NHL hockey trade to talk about. I'm not sure where he goes, but I've already penciled like 18 teams that could use him, and at $4.6 million, year four of six, he's very doable, my friend. He's in my final thoughts today. How about the Toronto Maple Leafs? Jake Muzzin, there's your dollars. You got him. He's young. He's a, he, he fits into that category of where you're at. He can skate. He can handle the puck. Hey, listen, I, I think Jacob's had some run of bad luck injury-wise. and But, I mean, when, when he's on a good team and he's playing it the, the way he can, he's a really good player. 4.6 for Jacob Chikrin, th th that's a defenseman. You try to find a way. To, he, he would improve any number of teams around the league. Any number of teams around the league he could improve. Great stuff. Great stuff. Well, we checked a lot of boxes here in episode 95. Craig was going to save that 
Al Arbor Gretzky story for another day. Maybe 99, but he got it in here because it fit right here. And that's how we feel about Connor McDavid every time 97 hits the ice. For Craig Button, producer Bruce Bolton, I'm Steve Coolius. Enjoy this week of games. And then the day after U.S. Thanksgiving, there's another great schedule of action. This is only November, but the season has been, well, I say, delicious, Craig, and full of stuffing. Gobble, 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 gobble. That's when we talk to you next on Turkey Day Stateside. Be good, be well, and enjoy the games, everybody.